following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Robots vs. Dinosaurs recommends Daryl Lee Australian licorice for all your candy cravings. Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Check out Apocalypse Podcast Network for more great podcasts. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling, for you, the listener, the Star Wars Holiday Special, Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode... You know what? All of it. All of Star Wars. Are you a Star Wars fan? Then you've seen it, and we're spoiling it. Back to the Future, The Avengers, Endgame, and AI, Artificial Intelligence. The Star Wars Holiday Special featuring Jefferson Starship. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie every week and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots or dinosaurs. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host every week. This week, I have an entire panel of co-hosts. This is a very special holiday special, you could say, episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs, and I'm going to be reviewing the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special with the J-Boys, John Beatowitz, Jason Karubia, Joseph Ross, and Jeremy Russo. <laughs> uh, so if that's a lot of J's for you, audience, I'm going to introduce everybody one by one. So, um, hey guys, how's it going? I, wanna, I want everybody to introduce themselves, and what I want you to tell our audience is your name and your favorite Star Wars movie. I'm actually going to start because I'm the only one that has the correct answer. I'm Lou, the host, and my favorite Star Wars movie, the best Star Wars movie, of course, is Rogue One. So if everybody just wants to pass on that question when it gets to you, that's totally fine, since I already, I already gave the right answer. But uh, why don't we go to our first guest, John. Uh, hi, my name is John Beatowitz, and I guess I'd have to say my favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi, the non-special edition. Awesome. Uh, my next guest, uh, listeners, you might recognize my next guest. This is his third time on the show. Welcome back, Jason. Hey, thank you. Hi, uh, Jason Carubia here, back again. Yeah, the J-Boys, that's, that's completely a Louis G name for the group there. <laughs> he has to take full credit for that one. What would you call him? J-Men. J-Men, yeah. <laughs> we were boys, now we're men. <laughs> that's right, Jeremy. <laughs> but yeah, boys, my, my- J-Men. Yeah, and uh, basically, my favorite Star Wars film would have to be Empire Strikes Back. I'm kind of into that that kind of common group there that really loves that movie. It's a popular answer. It's a good answer. All right, next up is Joe. Welcome, Joe. Thanks, Lou. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm actually surprised Jason went with Empire Strikes Back because he usually hates popular things. <laughs> my, I would have to say that my, my favorite uh, Star Wars movie... I'm going to jump on with John is actually Return of the Jedi. I know it's not the most popular. It was my favorite growing up. It's the one I've probably seen the most. And uh, I can sit there and basically recite the whole lines as I'm watching it, which annoys the shit out of my kids and my wife. So, (laughs) Excellent. And finally, we have our fourth guest on the show today, Jeremy. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey. Yeah, I I don't know. It's It's a tough one to choose. I guess I just have to say the original, episode four, just because that's the one that always sticks out in my head as a kid the most. You know, I don't remember what order I saw them in for some reason. I think that was the one that was on TV the most and I saw it the most. So they're all great, though. I guess I could more easily list the ones I don't like. But uh, if I had to pick one, I'll go with that. Awesome. This is a, a very original trilogy heavy group here. Everybody, almost everybody picked one from the original trilogy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we all saw the prequels together pretty much when they first <laughs> came out. And uh, I mean, they 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 hold a, a special place in my heart, too. But uh, yeah, growing up with the original trilogy, you know, this is they're the best. Yeah, Joe, yeah. that's a good point, because, yeah, it's funny. Like, if you think about it, the the original Star Wars is like our parents Star Wars and right. our Star Wars from our real time is the prequels. Yeah, I'm, you know what, though? I'm, I'm willing to claim that this current era of Star Wars is my Star Wars, if I can. Because <laughs> it's, man, it's shaping up to be the best one yet. Wild with the new stuff coming out. I mean, well, Mandalorian obviously is unbelievable right now. But, uh, you know, I binged Clone Wars and Rebels with my boys over the summer during the pandemic, which is absolutely incredible. I know the rest of you guys are catching up on that now. And all the stuff that's coming out, it's going to be incredible. The future's bright for Star Wars, man. Hell Yeah. The, and, the new so, stuff is also extra special because it's the first ones I'm really getting to experience at the same time with my kids instead of showing to them something from my childhood. This is like we are seeing it together for the first time. We are both excited about it, me and the kids. So it's just like a totally different shared experience. I am kind of bummed. The recent TV shows I'm, I'm so happy for, but I'm kind of bummed that we don't have something on a big screen. You know, I, I really, really loved watching the past three films on the big screen and going for my birthday with, with a large portion of people here you know, to see them. And hopefully we get back to that type of normal in the future. But sadly, you know, cinema is going away. Mm. Yeah, is this like the post-film era, the TV era? Feels After like the, it, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah. know. That's what it feels like. That's what Disney's going to concentrate on now. But I mean, they got a couple movies that are coming, right? That Rogue Squadron's coming down the line, and then the Taika Waititi <laughs> movie that looks pretty awesome. True, but yeah, it's like the the lines between the size of budgets for TV projects versus movie projects. That line is blurring constantly. It got, I think ever since Game of Thrones had such high production values. Now you know Marvel and 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 Star Wars, they're willing to throw tons and tons of money at TV properties because these TV directors, like these John Favros, these Taika Waititi's, are proving what they can do with uh, such a budget for that type of format. I think it's very very exciting. And today we're talking about perhaps the the new the most exciting new entry in Star Wars's recent offerings, the Lego Star Wars <laughs> Holiday Special. Now, I asked all of you on to review this movie with me because you're some of my oldest and dearest friends. We all went to high school together, and some of you have already watched this movie. Uh, however, I'm, I'm coming in with absolutely fresh eyes. I believe, Jason, you haven't seen it as well, right? You and I are watching it for the first time tonight? Uh, yeah, I've seen the trailer. And I think mm. that's a distinguishing between the two of us. You have not seen the trailer yet. That's true. I have not seen the trailer. I haven't read anything about this other than some of the names of some of the voice actors, uh, just so I'd be able to reference them. But otherwise, I kept myself spoiler-free as much as possible for this. <laughs> cool. And so the, for the second time ever, if you if go back and listen to our My Science Project episode, you'll hear our first hashtag live watch. But today, for the second time ever, we're doing another live watch. So we are going to be watching... This movie together, me and the J-Men, we're going to be watching this movie together. We're doing a uh, Disney Plus group watch. So when I when we count down from three, we're going to press play. We're going to start the movie, and then you're going to hear our commentary on it. So when we count down, go ahead and press play on whatever device you're watching the movie on. So that way you can time it and synchronize it and watch it right, right up with us. Is everybody ready to go? Yeah, ready, ready to go. go. All right. Does anybody want to do the it. countdown? No. happy to do it i just wanted to log that in case anybody was dying to do a countdown all right everybody 
Star Lego Star Wars holiday special in three, two, one, play. Ooh, we're getting this cool new lighting intro. Mm. Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars, there's a there's a show for Lego Star Wars currently, isn't there? There is. A oh, free, the Freemaker free, Adventures, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, my kid, they're actually, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, we're getting our opening shot. What planet are we looking at? Don't know. I think they specify. Not yet, anyway. It's a little hoffy. Mm. It's a snow planet. <laughs> Could be Starkiller Base. <laughs> oh. Even in even in Lego form, porgs are adorable. <laughs> hey, we finally get to see uh, Finn doing some Jedi training here. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I wonder if like people have problem eating the plastic Lego porg. <laughs> you know how kids have choking hazards. How many how how many midi chlorians do you think Finn has? <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're seeing our first robot in the movie, uh, one of these training droids. Would you guys consider this a, a capital R robot, like when it comes to movie robots? That's a great question, Lou. Uh, I, I feel like no. No, why yeah, not? So? It's, it's a machine, right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like movie robots typically have kind of a, a face and a personality, right? Like that's like Jeremy said, that's more of a machine. It's more of a like a training. It's just the training robot. Yeah, but it's it's not. A, I wouldn't say a capital R robot, as you say, Lou. With exception of the, okay. jet, the like the Star Wars droids, yeah, Lou's absolutely right there. Star Wars droids take all weird shapes and forms. Like Jeremy, let me add through this way: is Dio? Dio just showed up. Is Dio a machine? Because he ba he hardly has a face. Is is he a robot? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not about having a face, um, but he's uh, self autonomous. I don't know what that what that training bot could do other than hover around and continue to shoot at a target. Like it only has its one purpose and there's probably no thought pattern to it fair yeah i mean do's got kind of a personality and stuff too right so. the jedi texts mm. <laughs> they're just a small little shell <laughs> <laughs> She got those texts at the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> yeah, my kid just got those for nineteen ninety nine over at school. Nice. <laughs> so Yoda didn't actually burn them. I thought uh, we saw him burn them. 
No, at the end of that movie, you see him on the ship on the Falcon with uh, with Ray. Yeah, you see her closing a drawer with them in the, inside. Oh yeah. She just pranked Luke. Psyched him out. I'm pretty sure that we that that that's actually Kelly Marie Tran doing the voice of Rose here. Yeah, I was going to ask. I wasn't sure about that. I kind of looked at the IMDb page a little bit. We didn't get all of the the actors. Like this is not Daisy Ridley, obviously, Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) but we do get Billy D. Williams and uh, Anthony Daniels, of course. Anthony Daniels has been in literally every Star Wars movie. Yeah, and TV show, with Mm. exception of The Mandalorian. He does even the the Lego Freemaker adventures. Anthony Daniels is three is C three P on those. Man, that's an airtight contract. <laughs> He's probably happy to do voices. He doesn't have to fit in the suit for anymore. <laughs> yeah. True. I think he just wears that thing at home. <laughs> Sit down and watches TV C three P O. He's like, who else is C three P O? Come on. I think like Pedro Pascal <laughs> complains about being in the Mandalorian suit and Anthony Daniels is just like, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> just goes to the grocery store on C3PO. <laughs> Kenny Baker's like, hold my beer. You know, it's all uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, this is Poe in the green sweater? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It took it took uh, me and my kids a while to figure out who that was. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of distinguishing In the light day features. holiday sweater. <laughs> it's like his, his ugly, ugly BB-8 Christmas sweater, though. It's pretty good. Mm. I love that basically BB-8 is Poe's, like, puppy. Like, the mm-hmm. way he treat the way he, like, scratches his belly when he gets out of his X-Wing and, and greets him and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he shows the most love for a droid uh, than anyone else in in the series. Hmm. Can we talk about Life Day for a second? What the heck actually is Life Day? Uh, any theories? I don't know. I really don't know. They don't so reference like religion in in the Star Wars universe other than the Force. So John I, probably knows. Mm, not really. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thing to celebrate ancestors, isn't it? From, it's uh from we know for sure that that the wookies celebrate it right yeah they put on robes and stuff <laughs> john pretending like he doesn't know right now <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> we just i just saw that he's not currently role. celebrating life day right now because <laughs> <laughs> we just my wife and i just watched the original holiday special you got so, you got your wife to watch that yeah <laughs> felt bad about it the whole thing yeah. Is there any very specific rituals in Life Day? Uh, yeah, like, do they, they have like crystals and stuff. And all of a sudden they transport somewhere and they have red robes on and they process. Um, do all the so. do all the uh, Wookies sit around in a circle and braid each other's hair? No, they, they sat at a table and uh, I don't know. Don't they do like pornographic VR too? Isn't there like a That's scene where they sure bad. do, starring <laughs> Diane Carroll? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta watch this again. I, I <laughs> yeah. He sings what you assumed is a James Bond song, and Chewbacca's dad gets uh, gets into it. 
Like, do we know if Life Day is celebrated like galaxy wide? Like, does every planet observe it in their own way? Does Jabba the Hutt celebrate Life Day? <laughs> Seems like more than the Wookiees must, just because everybody is so excited about it. You know. So this part gives me a very world between worlds uh, vibe. I don't know if how many of you have seen Rebels all the way through, but uh, you'll get there. It's a best Rebels episode that that there is, I think. Oh, towards is the it, end, right? Isn't yeah. that a like what the new possible Ahsoka might be about? Could be. Damn, they just announced it. You're already spoiling it. I'm not spoiling. I'm speculating. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it's speculating. Um, the anyone know if the portal has any tie-in to the Lego Dimensions? Like, isn't there Ooh. like a portal from there? I didn't look it up to see if that was like the same visual or anything. Oh. That's an interesting point. That mm-hmm. would make sense. What's the premise of Lego Dimensions? I don't really know. I just know that you build a portal with the Legos. Like that was the first thing you did before you play the game. Um, and that's what allowed the characters to come to life in the game. Yeah. Didn't oh, cool. the first, you know, the first Lego movies didn't, uh, didn't they start out as the Lego star Wars video game? So just a hop, skip and a jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how in the Lego movie, all the different properties mixed through portals or yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe in another portal, Lego Batman drops through. <laughs> <laughs> we're discussing Lego lore right now. That's what we're discussing. <laughs> so it looks like they're doing sort of like an Avengers Endgame plot with this, where they're going back to some yeah. of the greatest hits of the trilogy. Yeah. I buy that, Lou. Yeah. Yeah, and trying not to be seen. Yeah, and kind of bring it, yeah, bring it all together here. Kind of like a Back to the Future 2. One of the things that I had to get my kids over, they kept saying, that doesn't look like it's made of Legos. That doesn't look like it's made of Legos. And I was like, all right, guys, this is not the same art style as the Lego movies. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is something else entirely. Yeah. By the way, whoever's doing the voice acting for, for Ray, it sounds quite a bit like Daisy Ridley. She did a pretty good job. Yeah. That portal totally looked like a, a Doctor Strange portal. Oh, yeah. Is that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wants pumped about it. I love it. <laughs> How great would it be if Ray was just like, Hail Hydra? <laughs> you guys want to do this right now? <laughs> I thought Ray was going to do a Die Hard reference there. <laughs> Perfect recreation here of a new. This is brilliant. This is brilliant yeah. right here. Mm-hmm. Lock S foils in attack position. What's what's Lego Ray looking for at the moment? She's looking for help to train Finn. And she thinks she can find it in the past. Okay. I don't know. She found the crystal and she thinks that's the answer.
<laughs> we got our glimpse of Lego Darth Vader here. Yeah. Lego Han. Yeah. Except they subtitle him as you who. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, the special edition explosion. Mm. (laughs) Do you think she's going to go to an interdimensional portal where the special edition didn't happen? (laughs) (laughs) Where we still have the original Yub Nub ending to Return of the Jedi? (laughs) And size noodles, the size noodles uh, song. Ah, oh, size noodles, yeah. <laughs> oh man, they just destroyed R two D 2s ice sculpture gunk droid. Gunk droid, gunk droid yes. yeah. <laughs> gunk droid is kind of like a Pokemon. It only says its own name. <laughs> <laughs> is a gunk? Do gunk droids? Would you say they have personality? Would you say that they are capital R robots? Huh. It's a good one, Lou. I would say they're they're borderline for me. Yeah. They're kind of right in that middle. Yeah, I mean they were. I mean in that scene, it was kind of just walking around on is its, he own, doing a its own thing. What is he cooking? It was, it was self-motivated. <laughs> okay. That's the tip yet. The tip yet. <laughs> just the tip yet. I have a broad question about Star Wars, especially about the droids. <laughs> Why is it that, like, like for example, Han Solo can understand Chewbacca perfectly, but nobody else can? Um, some people can understand droids, and, and whatever beeps and boops they're speaking in, they can interpret that as actual sentences, but some people can't. Like, is that something you study? Is that something that comes with, like being around droids more like why do some people not understand them i think it has to do with empathy you know those people that that can really understand them understand empathy i mean i my dog can't speak but i have conversations with her all the time you know uh Hmm. she definitely says things and indicates things and i can tell what her mood and emotions is and what she wants very similar to droids but droids are you're right oddly specific in the way they bleep and bloop oh i always i always thought it was just like learning another language like uh, Ray can Ray can hear Chewbacca. Right, Ray can understand Chewbacca. Han understood Chewbacca. Lando. Um, I feel like so. If you ever watch the um the deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin actually speaks R two D two, which is the most ridiculous thing you'll ever see in your life. Look, look it up. Trust me. Trust me. Look what? it up on YouTube. Yes. So, like they got Hayden Christensen to go beep bop boop. Yeah, they like they like. He makes beep bop bloop like uh, 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 motions with his mouth, and then they use like R two like sounds. But yeah, yeah. it's like him yeah. him talking like R two. Look it up. I'm yeah. telling you, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like when Han wow. uh, does it in uh, Solo. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I was assumed it was a language. Also, I mean, and there's apparently different dialects, right? Because they need uh, C three PO to. If he speaks moisture water evaporator, right? Isn't- <laughs> you know, you know, you, 
you guys know R2 units make the best rappers? Yeah, they're great at bleep boxing. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I'm leaving this podcast. Wow. <laughs> nice, nice um, you know what it just reminded me of? That recently on an episode of Man- Mandalorian, he speaks, uh, to the, he speaks to the sand people. Yeah. Um, right. And yes. I don't think we've yes. ever heard a character mm-hmm. do that before. Right. Well, he yeah. speaks. He also uses sign language, too, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's evil BB-8 called? This one that just showed up? BB-8-9-E. <laughs> John would know right away. My I, actually, John, I, actually, I, well I have the Funko Pop for that droid. I'm not going to oh, With the extra <laughs> large eye. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I guess it joined them now. It hangs out with them. <laughs> it just mm. wants to party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ray versus Vader is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. She doesn't have that weird lightsaber handle that they showed at the end of. Uh, oh, you're right. Rise of Skywalker. Hmm. Uh oh. Uh oh. Vader's traveling now. Oh no, BB-8 stuck. <laughs> No. Oh, yep. Didn't make it. Darn hot. Now. Cool. What's everyone's favorite Vader moment? Uh, well. Lou will appreciate this, but my favorite's got to be the end of Rogue One. I mean, that's the most badass Vader we saw the entire time. <laughs> I like, I like at the end of Jedi when he picks up the Emperor, and you can see his skeleton in oh, yeah. the armor with the lightning. I love. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you, John. At that point, that that's kind of like the the crux climax scene of the entire original trilogy. I love that point. <laughs> Jeremy? I think the most interesting is when uh, Luke turns himself in and it's like the first time they're talking without, you know, about to duel or something. They're actually talking calmly and normally. That was the, like the most different moment that you see him in. It was interesting to me. Mm. I like that, yeah. Jeremy. When he says it's too late for me, my son, it's almost a glimpse that he that he's not fully evil, you know? Yeah, exactly. Nothing can stop that. Stop yeah. that now. Yeah, we just talk yep. about it. Yeah. The lesson is don't be a Vader hater. There's good in him, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> this in the movie has got to be, it, it, it's probably my favorite lightsaber battle in all the movies, the end of Revenge of the Sith. Mustafar, it's a good, yep. it's a good battle. It's a cool setting. It is, and it's Obi Wan versus Anakin. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. oh wow! <laughs> yes, Grogu. <laughs> Lego Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie stopped, and so did we to appreciate Grogu. Lego Grogu. <laughs> Lego. Oh, uh, the Lego IG unit. Yes, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Is that the same voice actor doing the uh, the announcer? Sounds, Sounds like, like it. 
from uh, whose line is it anyway? Greg Proops? I think so. Oh, this must be D. Bradley Baker's voice because that's the clones. That's the same voice as Rex. Hundred awesome. percent, and it's also James Arnold Taylor do, uh, doing. Oh, his doing Obi Wan. Cool. Mm-hmm. oh are we on exegol exegol nice that's this is this is really cool yeah Mm <laughs> One poor guy with a jetpack. <laughs> we got some stormtrooper falling deaths. Can't have a Star Wars movie without that. <laughs> the blue milk. <laughs> blue milk box. <laughs> blue milk carton. Uh. <laughs> <And> everything dumped. <laughs> Greedo in the back. (laughs) 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 I love that uh, never ending in all Star Wars now, they will continue to reference who shot first. Yes. Like so in, think, in the Star Wars actual content. You think Lucas saw this before they released it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Can, uh, can anyone confirm there, there's a story with the original Star Wars holiday special that when it was airing on TV, George Lucas was like watching it and he was so upset that he, he tried to like call up the studio uh, to get them to stop airing it right away. <laughs> I mean, they only aired it once, right? It never aired again. Um, yeah, I so know that, he, that he could be true. Put a stop to it being like distributed in any in any mm-hmm. meaningful yeah, way. They, I think he destroyed the tapes, but because that's why there's only bad VHS mm-hmm. copies. Yep. <laughs> The world's greatest. I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting there to be like at least one musical number in this, or like some (laughs) nonsensical cutaway to a a Wookiee watching porn. (laughs) The Death Star falling apart. (laughs) It's not over yet. That could still happen. What'd you say? Sorry. What'd you say? Death Star falling apart. Little pieces falling off as they were showing it. Yeah. But yeah, Lou, we're only halfway through, man. Just wait. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Why does that sound like Seth MacFarlane's version of the Emperor? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Stewie Griffin. Griffin yeah, <laughs> they made Lego Kylo Ren, Kylo Renning. I love it. <laughs> Hux. Hmm. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> this is definitely not a uh, young Palpatine, is it? Does everybody have a favorite Star Wars droid? Mine is from my favorite movie, K2SO, uh, voiced by Alan Tudyk. I think he's the best combination of like the capabilities of R2-D2 and the sass of of C-3PO. <laughs> That's a hard one to beat. He's, he's pretty awesome. And he's hilarious, so. Mm-hmm. I, 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 again, I'm, I've, I've watched the animated shows with my kids, so I'm, I'm a little partial to Chopper only because I think he's hilarious. And to be perfectly honest, if you ever Google online Chopper with subtitles, he swears the whole damn time. And it's hilarious. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody subtitled, you know, Dave Filoni did the voice of Chopper. Yeah. Oh, cool. Subtitles like he's actually swearing or like carabast, like Like Star Wars swears. Oh no, like actual swearing. It sounds like it's it's pretty legit. Like I think that's what Dave Filoni probably said, but they actually were like muffled it so you can't tell him. (laughs) Hilarious. Chopper is great. Chopper's a good choice. (laughs) I kind of like what they did recently with IG Eleven and kind of really made him made you feel for him uh, at the end of of his story in Mandalorian. Hmm. Um, if we're talking like main droids that sort of talked and acted, I, I think R2 from the original trilogy, just cause it's very understated, but like the humor and, and stuff still comes across without being like overt. You think R2 is just swearing constantly? And then oh, he definitely just, is. Think, George yeah, Lucas is just having to bleep him out. That's why he's he makes bleeps. <laughs> I think he maintained R2 that humor in the prequels too. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was less, it was a little more overt in the prequels. Slapstick stuff. Jeremy, who's your favorite? I want to say R2-D2. Um, it, a little colored with uh, BB-8 just because that's the house favorite with all the kids. <laughs> um, so there's always excitement whenever BB-8 appears. Mm. BB-8's impressive. It's because it like it's hard to it's hard to make a droid that carries on the legacy of R2D2, like right. uh, that is featured as much in the sequels, that doesn't feel like, oh, they're replacing R2D2 and you're annoyed by it. Like it's it's it really rides this delicate line. I think BB-8's a really awesome yep. design. Yeah. You think they'll do a Rocket League uh spin-off where it's just like kicking around BB-8 around the field? <laughs> <laughs> and you're on speeder bikes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, land speeders and speeder bikes. <laughs> Catch Max Rebo coming in here for the uh, as the band. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's nice to see he survived Java's sail bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this canon? That's my question. Is this canon? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> 
There's Maz Kanata and oh, so Chewie's into it too. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Clunky. 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 <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. So canonically, Chewbacca just acknowledged that that Can- Maz Kanata and Chewbacca are dating, boyfriend and girlfriend, correct? Totally banging, hundred percent. Yeah. But also <laughs> in this continuation of the holiday special, do they are they also acknowledging that Chewbacca has a family? Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's in space a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning he's away, just away from the family all the time, so he's got to find a Maz Kanata as a side piece. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like these other Chewbacca, uh, these other Chew- these other Wookies in the background, are, is that Nala and Itchy and Lumpy? Yeah, and, yeah, right. They said it's his family, so they're just watching this happen. They're just <laughs> 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 they were invited to a holiday party <laughs> where Chewbacca's girlfriend was going to be, and they're just watching it happen. <laughs> Maybe he's an understanding <laughs> the family and they're okay with the side piece as long as he's just not out there with it. You know, it's, it's true. They're very open. <laughs> we don't know if Wookiees are polygamous or not. <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'm not here. Yeah, robots here versus dinosaurs is not here to king shame. <laughs> right. Kashyyyk's <laughs> a little like Utah, I heard, so... <laughs> 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 Did sound like Stewie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey guys, what's the Emperor's favorite 80s cartoon? I have no idea what. The Palpatine-Age Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, boy. <laughs> Once again, I'm leaving this podcast for the night. I'll see you guys. <laughs> Lou, you're going to be performing this podcast solo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Hey, we're, we're watching a comedy. We don't need to layer more on top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep trying to think of another joke but i don't want to force it <laughs> wow appreciate that wow <laughs> jeremy that was a good obi-wan this <laughs> <laughs> little Christmas Carol, Ghost of Christmas Carol, Past and Future going on right now. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is nice. Yep. So is that supposed to be Greedo since he said McClunky? <laughs> I'm assuming. So Greedo McClunky. can come back, but on Solo's not. <laughs> what are they going to do the Greedo, Greedo spinoff? A Disney Plus Greedo spinoff. Right. <laughs> Greedo and Dr. Evazan. 
<laughs> Rito in McClunky. Exclamation point. It's like a cop drama, McClunky. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to do a, like a hospital procedural, like with Dr. Evazon, like House MD. <laughs> Gotta love Mark Hamill. Interestingly enough, they couldn't get Mark Hamill for this. It's uh, Eric Bauza doing the Eric Bauza. Yeah, yeah. I would assume. I would assume you could. You could get Mark Hamill in the booth to do this. He he said he's done with Luke after Episode Nine. Even voice acting? Wow. Yeah, it's really Luke though. (laughs) (laughs) So then, no more Mark Hamill in any Star Wars. Probably not. Hmm. So that puts the kibosh on uh, him possibly appearing in Mandalorian. Right. Personally, but, you know, they can always make a force ghost or something. Mm -hmm. True. (laughs) (laughs) Death Star falling apart. I don't know who said that the the emperor sounds like Stewie, but now I can't unhear it. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just it sounds like Seth MacFarlane's impression of him, like from Robot Chicken. Robot right? Chicken, totally. I I love the I love sarcastic emperor. It cracks me the f up. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Grandpa Vader. quick temperature check does kylo ren have a point in the sequel movies like was he right to turn against luke from his perspective from a certain point of view (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) luke drinking the blue milk while they're fighting i love it Do you mean but before yeah. Luke came to his like bedroom and was gonna kill him? Well, well that's according to him, that's what turned him was Luke doing that. Oh. Yeah, but it's not just that one incident, right? right? That was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. You can't just go yeah, from being on the good side of the force to the dark side of the force in a split second like that. Because didn't ultimately Luke abandon him as a teacher? Well, that's at it's at that moment. Mm. Mm. 
Because he burned it all down after that. Kyle. Right. right. Yeah, that was the end of it, right? At that it moment. Pure abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. when they it's stop impressive. being funny and then they just live out their fantasy of being able to show a lightsaber duel between <laughs> yeah. these characters yep. yeah yeah what they can do with little lego figures mm-hmm. right zappity zap did we see a, a younger palpatine yet just old, old palpatine you mean Jason, in the do you mean like series a in general palpatine like <laughs> <laughs> no like clone wars palpatine but yes lou oh like palpatine <laughs> Up a tween, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, if you had a time uh, machine and you could go back and kill Palpa Baby, would you? Before he becomes evil? <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't kill Palpa Baby. I'm not gonna kill a baby. Are you crazy? But it's Palpa Baby. Yeah, I'm not gonna kill a baby Lou. <laughs> did everybody catch the uh throwback to force awakens there when the jet yeah. went flying by and they were both using the force right yes okay who uh does that would would everybody agree that darth vader is a cyborg yes yeah Mm -hmm. what about general grievous yes Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah there's star wars loves cyborgs there's how about Fennec? How about Fennec Shand? Is she a cyborg now? Yeah, she is. Yeah, mm. they love. They love. There's a lot of cyborgs in Star Wars. Um, what is it? Lando's uh, uh, friend. Oh, Lobot. Lobot. Yeah, Lobot is cyborg. That would be a great yeah. story to tell. Yeah. At what point does adding machinery to a person turn them into a cyborg? Is is Luke a cyborg? Yeah, that's a good question. Is he just augmented or is he a cyborg? Wait. Yes. Is my Wait, grandmother a cyborg because she <coughs> make? Right. <laughs> I would argue yes. Sweet. <laughs> what about wearing glasses? Can I be a cyborg? <laughs> Are they like Google? Are they like digital Google glasses? No. Does it have I think it has to be inside your body. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good point. But I think there's a distinction of having to replace function or enhance function. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I was wondering. Like, if because like Luke doesn't strike me as a cyborg because it's just replacing his hand. True. I don't know. Like, even Vader, I guess because he has the breathing, but the breathing apparatus is not internal, right? It's just it's a mask. So right. what's the yeah, line? What's the threshold? I don't know. I I mean, I suppose Vader is. You think about having four, four robotic limbs. Mm-hmm. Like Fennec, I think was a good example because because hers is like her whole midsection was right. replaced by a machine, <laughs> right? Sweater, nice. That's like so she couldn't live sweater. without it, and maybe that's yeah. maybe that's the line. If like because well, you could live without maybe the Vader hand. can't live without his suit either. Yeah. <laughs> But like maybe that's why Luke isn't a cyborg because he could live without his hand. He doesn't need the robotic hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shivy. <Sheeby. laughs> Shivy. <laughs> uh, bringing back it's his a life day miracle <laughs> Ray can't fix BB-8's antenna now <laughs> with the round thing on top there they're all still fighting on Tatooine I love that <laughs> <laughs> Did they talk yeah. about where the cave was? Drawing, John. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really a Babu Frick mini Babu mini Frick. fig? <laughs> oh my god! I my kids got this Babu Frick talking thing for Christmas. It's <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. I swear to God. So freaking <laughs> annoying, you mean? That's all right. Yes. Frickin- so Babu freaking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I missed ah. the ball on that one, Jerry. You're right. That was good. <laughs> pretty sure uh, other Jedi's would not approve of using a lightsaber to cut the meat. Cut the cake. Right? Cut the <laughs> I'm pretty sure anybody that's going to eat that shouldn't approve of it. <laughs> Destroy it. Sears in the juices. Like, like, think about like a medieval knight going out into battle, <laughs> and then they come home and they're like, the king's throwing a feast. They're like, yeah, let me use that same sword that you used to chop off the the Germans' heads. <laughs> Yeah, but those uh, those lightsabers have got to cook off any kind of yeah. COVID nineteen or anything on there. I mean, it, it's a beam of light, it's not a plus. It also, I don't, I don't know why in my yeah. fantasy world the medieval knights are fighting Germans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just 
I, I, like head, it, I was just like, oh, he must know something about history. I don't. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of these portals like Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would watch that show, Lou. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Knights of King Arthur fighting Nazis. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Reich and King Arthur's court. I mean, they got Max Rebo and not Sy Snoodles. Mm. <laughs> All right. Woohoo! <laughs> Wahoo. Wahoo. All right, so <laughs> go, go, going around the room real quick, who, who liked this more or who liked the original Star Wars Holiday <laughs> Special more? John? I like the Lego holiday special a lot more. Defend your answer. It didn't make me feel sad after watching only 10 minutes of it and want to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was fun <laughs> as opposed to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the with the old one is even if you try to watch it, ironically, like watching a bad movie, it's still it's, it's still not enjoyable. No, that's that's what I ran into. I thought it would be like, oh, it's gonna be like so bad it's good, but it's not. It yeah, turn that corner. It never does. It's I'm fun at- to maybe like talk about clips of it, but to actually sit down and try to watch the whole thing, it's just pain. So I'm actually, I think I'm the only person here that actually hasn't seen it yet. I just haven't had the opportunity to sit down and watch it. Next like, podcast watch? I mean, <laughs> maybe. I won't listen. <laughs> Based upon the response given from the collective group, I'm probably going to avoid it. Like the it's, it's yeah, gonna... honestly, like reading the reading the sarcastic summaries is is more enjoyable than mm-hmm. seeing it yourself. It's good. It's going to give me a lot of pain. It does have robots in it, and arguably Boba Fett rides a dinosaur, so it fits true. right into the theme of the podcast. That's true. Boba's introduction, man. You know, yeah. You I can't mean, just watch that cartoon. I did make my kids watch that cartoon. <laughs> that, that was on YouTube. Just the just the Boba Fett cartoon. Grippy animation too. <laughs> yeah, love that. No, this was good though. I I actually I really enjoyed this. It was, pretty, it was funny. Like you got some cool matchups and lightsaber battles. I mean. They did a good job with it. Yeah, and it rewards you on multiple layers, this one, where, you know, I was watching with the kids. They got it because of just general humor that anyone would get. They also got a lot of the Star Wars references. They were very excited about those. But then there's, like, the deeper level, like, McClunky, that, yeah, <laughs> that only a certain level of nerd is going to get and <laughs> and realize just how brilliant it was for them to throw that in there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. This, this group is that level, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're the mcclunky level yes yeah yeah it, it definitely had it definitely rewards you for having more knowledge of the star wars history to that same note it does have the benefit of having more star wars history behind it when the first ori- uh, original mm-hmm. star wars holiday special came out they were as they they had very little source material to work with and they were actually it seemed like trying to build some things out for the future of the franchise most of which did not uh take shape this opens the door for other holiday specials i think that's going to happen because disney i mean i mean it's disney they're going to probably grab a halloween one probably going to do i'm not sure if they're going to do like a easter one but they might do something with it's the great pumpkin bb8 
right. hatching. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch that. Flag day. So so nobody nobody liked this less than the other holiday special. Is that right? I don't think I, did, I didn't find think a human would. on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the, just the sheer fact that it's accessible, more people are going to watch it. Of course, more people are going to like it. I mean, that's another thing too. Mm. Disney, if they're trying their best, they're trying to get the Star Wars holiday special out of existence. But thankfully, the, the internet keeps saving it. That's true, Jason. If you have if you haven't watched it yet, my only advice is it 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 kind of requires you to be on as much drugs as Carrie Fisher was on when they made it. <laughs> oh, just the intro um, is hilarious with the announcer doing it like old TV style. The Star Wars holiday special yes. featuring Jefferson Starship. And, <laughs> yeah. all this, and it's just like, it's so random. You know, I remember Luke, you know, they had uh, Mark Hamill's special guest on, on The Muppet Show. And that was one of my favorite episodes of The Muppet Show. Yes. They, have, they had Star Wars characters come onto that episode. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to sully that image of, of like television Star Wars from the 70s in my mind. So mm-hmm. maybe I won't watch it, but I would actually really love to go back and watch that episode of The Muppet, Muppet Show again. It was no, phenomenal. Jason, listen, that would be listen better. weed is legal up here in Massachusetts. Come on up. We'll take a couple <laughs> of minutes. We'll watch the show. We'll be happy, all right? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What about COVID? <laughs> not edibles kills covid you didn't know that? Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> bakes them out of it <laughs> there, there's also that richard pryor bit has anybody seen that that short video of richard pryor as as going around the star wars cantina with all of the same oh, aliens and that is brilliant they did a, mm-hmm. a star wars cantina with richard pryor <laughs> he's the bartender it's, it's really good <laughs> all the droids <laughs> and the aliens in there it's great so I would I, I would count this movie as because of especially like its end game quality where where you know Ray is sort of going through all of these moments in Star Wars and it, it it explains itself in its position in the canon. I I would say that this justifies being part of the official Star Wars canon. You know whether Disney is going to acknowledge that or not. Would you guys rank this as better than any of the official Star Wars like episodes one through nine? Or, and we can also include Rogue One and, and Solo in there. Where where would you put where would you put this? I don't think this is going to be anybody's favorite, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. But is it in your top three? Is it anybody's top three now? I don't know if it would be top three. It's definitely better, I think, than Episode Two. I enjoyed it a whole lot more <laughs> just because of the length. <laughs> Number one, it was quick. It was fun. It was entertaining. <laughs> I didn't think there was a moment in it. I was just, I was just trying, you know, I was looking at the clock and wishing, you know, the scene would just end, but it's definitely better than, and I wouldn't say better than a large, large portion of it, but I think it's better than, than some of the episode one, two, three scenes. I'll give you that Jason, better than some of the scenes. Yeah. I mean, it's hilarious. It's a good side, side uh, story, but uh, I mean, I gotta be honest, you know, people crap all over episode one and two a lot of times, but I watched them again recently with my kids of course, there are some parts that are cheesy as hell. Jar Jar absolutely sucks still to this day <laughs> in the first one. But the end of Attack of the Clones is really cool. I, that last <laughs> scene, like when the storm, the, when the clone troopers are coming out and the, the uh, Star Destroyers are taking off and, and mm-hmm. Palpatine's there, like it's really cool ending with the music, Imperial March and the whole thing. Like it's actually really good. Yeah, I, I've come to appreciate the prequels a little bit more just probably just after having immersed myself in things like clone wars and video games and all these things that pull from it for so long going back to watch it you appreciate it more i will i watch the star wars holiday lego holiday special again 
maybe once once more in my life. Will I see the prequels again? Probably a few more times in my life. <laughs> so, yeah. Will you fast forward to the prequels. <laughs> no, I mean, jumping off of Jeremy there, like, yeah, I agree. Watching Clone Wars and Rebels, especially Clone Wars, changes watching the prequels after mm-hmm. the fact. It actually makes it so much better. I wish some of that storyline made its way somehow into the movie. I know it would have been like a six hour movie, but that storyline is there's so many good storylines in Clone Wars, especially. And it it really makes watching the prequels and you look at Anakin totally different. Like the prequels are different. Anakin's different. The whole storyline is different after you watch those animated shows. It just makes it so much better. So it's like, would you say Dave is correcting some of the mistakes that happened in the first three movies or I, just expanding know, I don't know on? I don't know if it's correcting. A part of me feels like Lucas just didn't have the space and the time to tell the story fully that he wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think Filoni's kind of added to it and kind of like helped add to the Star Wars lore. I mean, there's some amazing episodes about the Force and the Star Wars lore in there that are just like mind-blowing. And I'm glad I have kids because I never would have gotten into that show. I got a <laughs> years later and I had never yeah. watched it. And I watched it with my kids and I was like, I'm crying at certain parts. My, my six-year-old's looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? My nine-year-old is crying also. My wife's like, what is happening in there? So, I mean, it's, it's great. It's just good stuff. It's really good Star Wars content. So you're saying I should come to Massachusetts where weed is legal, and then I'm going to cry my face off. That's what I'm saying. Let's Star rock Star Wars. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's take vacation from work. With two weeks, we'll just get high the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think it, it like fills in a lot of the gaps that we're missing. It, it elevates a lot of the silliness and a lot of the oversights, a lot of the, the shortcomings, both in the original trilogy and in the prequel trilogy. And one thing that it really does that I think is fascinating is when you, whenever I go back and watch the original trilogy now, every conversation about the Jedi, every conversation Obi-Wan has, every description Yoda has, I realize now, like with the knowledge of what the prequel showed me, it's all propaganda. This is what they believe based on what the remnants of the Jedi, like what's left, what the stories that we heard that the Empire allowed us to hear or the the spin that the Empire put on it. And I think that is the coolest thing that the prequels themselves added to the overall canon, in my opinion. I I agree with you, Lou. I, I, I feel like the prequels showed that the Jedi Order thought that they were doing everything right and going down the right path and being with this with these rigid strict rules for the jedi was the right way to go and in the end it ended up destroying the jedi order because anakin was held to to this level where he couldn't have personal relationships he couldn't do you know any of the stuff that a normal human being would need to or want to do and it led to him turning into to anakin sky or to to, to darth vader you you look at a, a jedi like qui-gon who was a little more off the rails and not part of the Jedi Order in that same way. And, you know, he kind of, he made Obi-Wan, he kind of molded Obi-Wan in a bit of a different way. Obi-Wan still kind of adhered to the Jedi Order, but, you know, he was a little bit, a little bit further away than, say, someone like Mace Windu, who held very strictly to all those rules, you know? And I, I, th- I really think that those Jedi Order rules kind of led to Anakin becoming Darth Vader down the line. Mm. Yeah, like in the original trilogy, it just the Jedi seem like you know mythical, wise people, and then in the the prequels, you sort of see they're just as much politicking for their own their own agendas as as other people, and they it's 
a lot of what happens is is their fault, is their own fault, sort of how they they just didn't. Uh, no, I agree with you. <clears throat> didn't open their eyes as much as they should. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred mm. yeah. percent. I mean, and the, the I don't want to ruin anything for you guys that haven't seen the animated series, but there there's a I don't want to say a rip, but there's a you know a, a thing between Ahsoka and Anakin and the Jedi Order that kind of plays itself out very well over the series that makes you look at the Jedi mm -hmm. Order differently than you ever did in the actual movies themselves too. So I have a big sort of philo philosophical question about Star Wars. The force is channeled through living things in, in the Star Wars universe. We see human characters like Luke Skywalker, like Rey, like Obi-Wan using the force. They, they have, we find out later in the prequel movies, they have a high midichlorian count in their bloodstream, which allows them to and tap count. into yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the force that, the living force that exists in all, in all things in the galaxy. Droids are not able to channel the force. Droids are not able to, like we talked a little bit we, about uh, General Grievous. We, we mentioned General Grievous a little bit. General Grievous is shown in, in the prequel movies, just in episode three really, as a very skilled lightsaber fighter. But he, I don't know if you guys know a lot about like General Grievous in the, in the rest of the canon, like in comics or in books or anything, he is unable to actually channel the force. Another, another piece of this is that when Vader lost his arms and legs, his, his midichlorian count went down and his connection to the force was diminished a little bit. And that's something that we see like the after effects of. So do you think, wh why do you think it is? that the, the force itself doesn't consider droids to be living things. Why will it not allow itself to be channeled by a droid? It's a weird you thing. I mean, it, when, you, when you talk about the force, it, it, they say it binds the universe together. So there has to be a, a level that, that has to be entangled with droids. Maybe the fact that Luke can talk to R2 so well that they have this bond, this communicative bond, maybe ha that has something to do with the force. You know, we don't know, but but it does it it does breach that line, you know, it, it binds the universe together and uh and we have to think it, in some cases it does. And we we may see force sensitive droids at some point. Who knows? Who knows? Does it have to do with organic matter? You know, it has to be within something organic. Well, crystals are are they alive? But mm. somehow they're tied into the force as well. That's true. Well, aren't there the dark troopers, right? Aren't they supposed to be technically able to use the force or be force sensitive in the in the video game? Right. The third the third stage dark troopers, I think that they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do they use the I don't force know or are they just sort of enhanced? You might be right. John. I don't I'm, quite know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out soon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if Mandalorian's going where we think it's going. Yep. Mm. Okay. So so we don't think it's a thing where, or do we do we think it's a thing where the force itself is is discriminating against droids? Or is it just that they don't <laughs> they don't meet the requirement? They don't meet the basic <laughs> minimum requirement, like which is to have to possess midi chlorians. Like, okay, what if what if a droid like IG eleven got a hold of like a vial of Yoda's blood and was able to make some sort of IV contraption that it could hook into its, its uh, hydraulic system. Would it be able to use that to channel the force in some way? Well, that would be a cyborg, not a robot at that point, if, you're, <laughs> if you have organic matter into that. Okay. I think that's what, that's what we might be seeing in Mandalorian, right? Yeah, like, if we're going, hmm. looking at dark troopers, that's most likely what we're moving towards some type of 
force blood or M count injected into troopers? I guess a lot of it depends on kind of your definition of the force and what you grew up with, to be perfectly honest with you. Like mm-hmm. the, when we grew up, of course, watching the original trilogy before the prequels came out was always this just mystical thing that binds everything and surrounds everything. And then the midichlorians thing came out in my head. I always picture midichlorians as like bacteria in a Petri dish, you know, but like, <laughs> what are they? Like at? mitochondria. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But are they that? I don't know. Does they need an organic being? I'm not sure. I mean, the presumption is yes, since they it's oh it's always in the blood, right? Isn't it a blood sample that he takes of Anakin, and it's why they they want Baby Yoda, I guess. Like, it's got to be something in the blood. I just thought it wouldn't be amazing if if there was a force sensitive droid that used a kyber crystal as his power source, and it it was like kind of had built in lightsabers. Mm. That would be amazing. Do the kyber crystals have the force in them, though? I don't know. Like, or is it just an energy source that the force can unlock? And whatever they did with the Death Star. (laughs) Right, because it's in the Death Star, too. Right. Right. Does that make the Death Star one giant big force droid? Force Mm. ball? Depends if you what you think the crystals are. Yeah. (laughs) See, there's there's probably a level of nerd above us. Yeah. (laughs) Screaming at their podcast right now. (laughs) There's going to be a portal created on the wall. (laughs) Yeah, is the, is the Death Star <laughs> they're gonna jump in here. Robot is mm. the Death Star a capital R robot? Mm. <laughs> That's a good question because it's basically okay. Cybertron, right? It's like a it's like a robot planet almost, but it's not automated. That's the only thing. It's definitely it's a def a ship. It's 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 piloted, so it's not True. automated. It's just the big space station. Do you think the crystals True. in the cave in the Lego cave that Ray was in were kyber crystals? Like the one she was using for the portal in this, this yeah. special? That's a really good point, actually. Hmm. A time crystal? Hmm. Why is the... Ho- I think what that's is the- from Star Trek. They <laughs> <laughs> <Damn, damn. laughs> shot the time crystal with their phasers. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, so far, all we know is there's no precedent for a droid using the Force or having like a Force premonition or anything like that. I would argue, uh, from my my interpretation of the events of the prequel movies, that R2-D2 is an example of a droid that is like, the Force is aware of R2-D2's destiny and in a lot of ways, like, protects him. Because there's there's that moment in the first one where, in R2-D2's introduction, when all the other astromech droids all roll out on top of the, the N1 Starfighter or whatever... Um, Padme's ship is and they all get blasted off except R2-D2 and like there's all these extremely close scrapes that he gets into yeah. where he's the sole survivor or like the, he just barely makes it R2-D2 is definitely the Charlie Chaplin character of the films you know he's mm. a lovable tramp you know he gets into trouble he finds his way out he's completely silent and mm. and he always wins in the end so he's very much the Charlie Chaplin character yeah in in, in terms of of comic styles is is kind of you always want to root for that that character. So Lou, do you think that R2 and Luke are connected through the force then? Ooh, in what way? Like telepathically? Like through just the force bringing them together. Like, was it preordained that R2 and Luke were going to come together because R2 was Anakin's droid? That is a good question. And I, I would say, yes, I would say that's an example of the force is able to shape destiny. Right. And I think that it can that can apply to droids. Yeah, I mean that that is 
what I would say is why uh, he doesn't get blasted off the ship. It's not because he's gotten any kind of M count at all, but because the force was maybe protecting him. Hmm. Like the all force right. protected Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> to help Jar Jar win. Well, the Force got it wrong. You know, the Force I mean, can't be right all the time. <laughs> I mean, if R two and fair. Luke were predestined, then poor R five just got in the way of the Force. Oh, uh, poor R five! Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a story itself. R five. That's great that they brought back R five. It was good. Like it. Yep. Yeah. Well, we have a question that we ask every episode of Robots versus Dinosaurs, which we're going to apply to this movie as well. If we were to recast any two characters in the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special with Whoopi Goldberg and Danny DeVito, how would we recast them? Who would get, who would get recast? Uh, I, had, I had one of these answers ready to go, which uh, <laughs> for maximum comedic value, I think putting Danny DeVito in place of Grogu <laughs> would have been... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty dang hilarious. Now, see, I I immediately went to BB-8 as Danny DeVito. Is <laughs> the head part or is the body part, and his head's just rolling around? And in general, is this Lego DeVito, or are we just putting DeVito in amongst the I think straight up DeVito? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, DeVito, so DeVito, mm-hmm. De- DeVito would fit anywhere. I mean, I, I would put him actually. Oh gosh, De- Devito as the Emperor would be good. Yeah. But I actually, I would actually put Devito as Ray. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> just having this deep, raspy voice come out of Ray the entire show. Okay. I yeah, I think um, like sloppy, always sunny Danny Devito as the Emperor, just <laughs> bumbling through everything and just taking out his pistol and you know, shooting Darth Vader when he finds out he's going to throw him <laughs> down the reactor or something. I would like, so I would anyway, like Whoopi I Goldberg. Blasting. I would like Whoopi Goldberg to come back as Mala and then just like give a, a talking to to Chewie <laughs> about Ma. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think we're all in agreement. Uh, DeVito is best as either BB-8 or maybe Grogu or the Emperor. So where, where are we putting Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, definitely Chewie's wife. Uh, I was going to say Maz because uh, Maz is the most Guinan like of all the characters. Yeah, bartender, yeah. Just, uh, you know, like in terms of the personality, they're both bartenders. Yeah. I buy Maz. I like that. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is coming from the guy that's got a, you know, a Star Trek background as a Zoom background yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> so, Jerry. So, Jerry. When when Moz shot the phasers, I was like, "Oh, that's Whoopi Goldberg." Yep. So, Jeremy, I have a question. I have a question. So, who would win in a it's fight? So kind of. Who would win in a fight? Data or R two D two? Ooh. In a fight? Yeah. Who would in a fight? Data or R two D two? Data by a mile. Why? Yeah, there's, no, there's... Are you kidding? I don't. What do you, what's he gonna do? Shoot some oil on him? I don't know. I mean, Data. <laughs> and then ignite it with his jetpacks. Data's got, he's so much more agile. He's super strong. He's also got a phaser. He can just take it out of his pocket and blast the thing. <laughs> Goddamn phasers. <laughs> I'm not saying I like him better. I'm just saying in a fight, Data would clean up. I don't know. I, yeah, I in, feel like R2 would, yeah. would find some port to put his like sonic screwdriver or whatever into, into Data and just <laughs> rewire that motherfucker and end it. It would be incredibly inappropriate and probably have to get uploaded to Pornhub, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think Data, I think uh, R2 would take out the lightsaber that he keeps from Luke inside and just go to town on Data. <laughs> 
Data is considered a life form and R2 is not considered a life form. I think if R2-D2 were in the Star Trek universe, he would be considered a life form. Why? How come? What's the what's the distinction there? For all the reasons that that the world of Star Wars, uh, Star Trek considers Data to be a life form. There's multiple episodes about it. I don't really see that much of a distinction in terms of their abilities, their capabilities, their intelligence, their self-awareness, their emotion, their value to society. There, there's really not much of a difference other than the fact that Data looks more more like a human. Yeah, but there is actually there is a big distinguishment of droids aren't considered life forms because they have no rights at all. Data establishes that he's a life form and he has rights. And that's a big They're not even welcome in certain bars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I had to mute. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Basic distinguishment. (laughs) And and then The bad, it's bad news if Jeremy and I catch eyes. Uh-oh. When you, the way you said distinguishment, I can't. This would have been fine Uh-oh. if we weren't doing video, but the way, the way <laughs> Joe and I trying not to smile, but then see each other smile. I didn't hear anything you said after distinguishment. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeremy started the laugh and then I started the laugh and then we both were done. <laughs> oh, uh, whatever you said, I'm sure it was brilliant. Yeah, really. Oh, totally man. brilliant. Wait, okay. hold on. Say that again, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just said droids have no rights and, and data has rights because it's a life form. It's a big chain, big difference. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I'm saying I think, I think droids would be treated much better uh, in Starfleet than they do. Uh, as part of the rebellion. Well, where would Starfleet Starfleet draw the line though? Would they draw the line at a gonk droid? Would they draw the line at like a battle droid, like a B1 battle droid? Yeah, uh, probably. Yes. You're, you're probably right there in terms of, yeah, I don't know why it, I, I was, I've always wondered why do they give personalities to the droids in Star Wars? Cause I certainly don't treat them like the, the, the characters in the world, the non-droid characters in the world certainly mm-hmm. don't treat them like they have any kind of emotion. And it just Some seems to be, it's like, do. if you turn them good, they have a personality. If they're bad, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like evil BB-8 is really uncircumstantial, like unremarkable. The BB-90, it doesn't really do anything other than what it seems like it's purposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't seem to to enjoy the fact in the one scene that we see it in the movie, like it, it doesn't seem to enjoy that it's catching the rebels or get any sort of satisfaction out of that. It's I just think doing its Jeremy job, again, right? Lou. Sorry to interrupt. I think we <laughs> No, no, it's Jeremy fine. I just Joe. need to not look at Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but well, think of the the torture droid in Java's Palace. Ninety nine. Call that one. What's it called? Sad. What's its name? EV ninety nine. Okay. No. Yeah. That one's that one's pretty sassy. And seems to like seems to enjoy sort of the the trouble the other droids get into. Hmm. So, yeah. Lou, I have a question for you. Do you think yeah. K2SO had that personality when he was an Imperial droid or only after he got with Cassian? Right, that's, that's exactly really what I was trying to after say. Like, as soon as they turn them good, for some reason, they have a personality. It's it's like, is it when they turn good or is it when they take out their inhibitor chip or whatever, that the inhibitor Or does it develop organically just because they have a certain level of computing power and they just sort of develop it from their own experiences? Right, by giving them some sort of conscious consciousness. 
they then can start making moral choices on their own and they well, inherently are good? Well, no, not even like a consciousness, but just they have to have a certain level of programming to do the more complex tasks. And then that sort of the reasoning power, they just start to develop quirks. Mm-hmm. I think deception is a really interesting thing because like certain droids are capable of deception. Like R2-D2 is able to lie when he needs to. BB-8 covers for Finn at one point. Finn (laughs) asks him to lie and he lies for him. So like, but like certain ones, like I don't think C-3PO, I think it would, it would hurt him. It would hurt his brain if you told him (laughs) to lie or put him in a situation where he had to lie. Yeah. Yeah, He's a droid with anxiety. I, he can't even he can't even speak the the Sith language, right? And and Rise of Skywalker, so <laughs> same 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 thing. He can't really think on his own when it comes down to it. He kind of has to go based on his protocol, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, What's he clearly the- has his own thoughts, obviously, but not not in the same way that some of the other droids do. I don't think he has the same type of free will. He's a little bit uh, more restricted, I think. Now, what? So Anakin built C three PO. Why is he? Does he not have more? an affinity towards C-3PO, but he likes R2 more. Hmm. Like you think he would really appreciate what he created. Mm-hmm. That's true. True. Yeah. Is it just know. because C-3PO is a, a dick? <laughs> maybe, no one likes yeah, maybe him. He resents. Maybe, yeah, he just <laughs> looks at him like a science project that he made. Maybe. Like, oh, I created this dick gold droid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't forebode my personality at all. Yeah, <laughs> Like, good for me. Look what I did now. Fuck you. Come here. I I think ultimately what it comes down to is like the droids in Star Wars sort of exist as a way for us to know who the characters we're watching are. Like if if a character like Ray treats droids a certain way, a character like Poe, if if they treat BB-8 like a pet rather than like a nuisance that's in the way or like a utility thing that, that has a purpose that we're using it for, and once that's done, this thing has has run its course. It's dismissible. It's expendable. You know, the characters that treat droids like friends, it's kind of a shortcut for us as the audience to know, like, oh, that's a good guy. That's a good, that, I like this character. I like this person. And I think that's their biggest purpose in, in the Star Wars movies. But to be honest with you, my some of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars are the droids themselves. Like K2SO is definitely my favorite character, uh, my favorite droid character, but just across the board, like out of everybody, out of Darth Vader, out of, you know, Princess Leia, R2-D2, I think, is my number one Star Wars character. He's just the best of the best of ever, mm-hmm. like in all categories. And I just I, I don't know. I think I don't know if I don't think I'm alone on that. Did did everybody did I ask everybody what their favorite Star Wars character is? I think I've asked everybody their favorite droid and their favorite movie. But what's everybody's favorite all time favorite Star Wars character? And I'd be interested to know if any of them are droids. So I'll let people think, and I'm going to jump on your comment real quick, Lou, before we get into that, if we can. I, what I really do like about R2 especially is that he doesn't speak anything that we understand, of course. So as you're watching him, your thoughts are kind of going along with his. And I feel like the beeps you kind of understand and, and you're thinking along with him without him outwardly telling you what he's trying to say. You know what I mean? So you interpret it the way that 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 you want to within the movie itself and they're not telling you how to feel in that moment you know what i mean directly mm-hmm. so favorite character yeah <sighs> that is a tough one i i mean I, i'm gonna go cliche i think first thing that for me that comes to mind is luke skywalker i, I know that's super cliche it's gonna be like first thing on anybody's mind but like 
his his arc is great in four through six, obviously. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, Anakin might be right up there with me as well, like after watching the animated series. But I mean, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, like the just his whole character arc throughout, especially four through six is 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 fantastic. You know, you get to see him from a farm boy who doesn't even know what the heck the force is to the most powerful Jedi in the entire galaxy, you know. So it, it's that's just a pretty awesome story arc over three movies. I would have thought you'd say Yoda, Joe. Nah, no, I, I do love, I do mm. love me some Yoda. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> Luke's Luke's the guy. You know, Luke's the man. Luke's the man. It's tough. It's tough to move away from Luke as the the character that we grew up watching and I don't, you know, identifying with just because he's the main character, I guess. But you know, Ray is pretty great as well, and I guarantee that's the favorite of a couple of the kids in my house. Mm. Uh, but that's because that's the one that they're growing up with more more so than Luke. So it's hard to beat nostalgia. Mm. What are, can I ask, what are like some of the, th- I like Ray too. What are some of the things that, what are qualities of Ray that your kids point to that like, I like this about her. I like this about Ray. Well, I mean, she's a confident, caring person, very capable, right? So she's a, she's definitely a character to aspire to. I definitely, you know, for my oldest daughter, at least, she is able to easily recognize without me prompting her at all she easily recognizes that the earlier movies don't have many women at all and mm-hmm. she called she called it out without any kind of prompting at all so i think that that's got to be she obviously if she's going to identify with somebody it's going to be much easier for her to identify with the the female jedi so i would say those are probably the reasons that's cool that's good to hear too yeah i mean there's a clear clear difference you can't just point to princess leia uh but if you look at the just any on-screen scene and count the women versus the men we're in a much better spot nowadays than than we were back on on those original movies i'm just gonna quickly piggyback off of jeremy but i bet if you ask both of my boys who their favorite star wars character is they both say ahsoka and those are my boys not Mm -hmm. not you know yeah Mm -hmm. it it crosses gender lines as well like Soak is just a great character, huge story arc, amazing story arc right to the end. Again, I won't spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen the animated series. By the end, if, if Ahsoka is not in your top five, at least, yeah. I'd be very surprised. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, are we saying characters just from like films or from like everything we've experienced with Star Wars? Let's open it up. That could be from any of the books, any of the comics, any of the well, games. It could be uh, Dash Rendar, if you want. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll sound like sort of a 90s fanboy and just and say Boba Fett because okay. a lot of his expanded stories in uh, comic books and the novels sort of fleshed out his character in ways that have now been sort of thrown out. But I do feel like, despite current developments in the Mandalorian series, like I feel like the Mandalorian started sort of as a stand-in for Boba Fett just because... If it wasn't for Boba Fett, people wouldn't find Mandalorian so cool to uh, mm-hmm. go into it. Even though he barely appeared in the original films, it still captured people's interest. That's a good point. Do you like what they're doing with Boba Fett now? Do you feel like it adds to the coolness? I do. I I was a little skeptical just because I do I do feel like all these all the newer expansion things. I feel I I'm sort of conflicted because I like the new content. I like seeing more of it, but I do feel like it in some ways it lessens the impact of the original things and it but i do like what they're doing with his his return i think it i was very excited when he came back and donned the armor again 
and looked like any of us would look if we put armor on at this point. <laughs> yeah. Dad bod Boba Fett. Dad bod, dad bod Boba. Yep. Yep. I, <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of in the same camp as, as, as loving Luke and his story, but at the same time, I didn't realize it until I saw some of the, the most recent Star Wars film, how much I, I really, really enjoyed the Emperor as a villain, just because he's had his hand in, in every single event in Star Wars in some way. You know, he, he is the big baddie that just apparently just keeps coming back somehow and, and actually, you know, can, can come back to life and, and, uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to approach the Emperor in future films and also television shows, because there is a story there about him being cloned. There is a story about him before we see him in episode one. Um, There's stories about, you know, what what goes on during the Mandalorian, you know, like we we don't know exactly what happened after he fell down the pit. So uh, I'm really curious to see how they approach that, especially how it involves the dark side of the force and the dark saber. That should be really, really interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting how much they can mine out of, out of the history of all of these characters and how, you know, they can expand on them and they can fill in these gaps. And the original three movies just asked all these questions and sort of got your mind racing about what is this world? What, what can, what can we imagine that also fits into this world. And it's so cool that so many people's imaginations have added to it and it's just grown and grown and grown, but in a way that that still makes sense. Like everything that's added to it just increases the overall value of it. Even, even the stuff that's silly, even the bad stuff, like the original holiday special was pretty gosh darn silly, but it, it, it allowed for something like this to exist because without something to, like that to parody, we wouldn't have this really great Lego Star Wars holiday special. Luke, I have Luke, one more. Did you more say s- your favorite oh. figure? Favorite, uh, my favorite? Sorry, did you say your favorite character? My favorite character is R2-D2. On some days, it's Princess Leia. If you, if you ask me on certain days, it's Princess Leia, largely for a lot of the reasons that we've been talking about. Like She's such an unexpected character, especially for her time. The fact that when she's getting rescued, she's like, no, you guys suck at rescuing. Give me a gun. Let me let me rescue myself. Just the comedy of how unexpected that is, is hilarious. But also when you unpack it from like what you guys are talking about, like you guys that have daughters, if I if I was watching that as a little girl, I can't imagine how impressed I would be with like this is, you know, this is the first time I've seen the princess being rescued and she's well, not only capable of rescuing herself, she's so good at it. She's criticizing these two heroes that came to try to rescue her. It shouldn't be understated. She she pretty much built the rebellion. So mm. it, she she saved the galaxy by building the rebellion there. So yeah, it shouldn't be understated about the importance of Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I have a final question that actually um, pertains to kind of what we're talking about a little bit. Gender and robots gender and and droids in this case. I have noticed through watching a lot of robot movies that oftentimes robots in movies are referred to as like he rather than it. Sometimes she, but but more often he. And I was wondering if we, like we could use some of the Star Wars droids as examples. Can you guys think of any any Star Wars droids that are truly 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 genderless that anybody refers to them only as it, that or anything like I mean, being gender, maybe they are all genderless, but I don't think there's any that they referred to as anything other than he or or you know she in the case of that one. L three three seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, there's the uh, there's there is a there's like a protocol droid in episode one. I can't remember its name, but it one is voiced by a female comedian. 
Oh, right. Yeah, the one where everyone's like, uh, oh, it's C-3PO. Oh, wait, no, it's silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yep, on the ship. And then the um, the nurse bots, when, when Padme's giving birth, they kind of talk in a female the voice. Uba, Uba, the Uba Uba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you don't know if they're necessarily male or female, but they're kind of assigning them gender in the voice there. It's yeah, yeah, it's all it's all down to voice and perceptions of gender based on yeah. voice. And yeah, how people then, treat them, you know, that that's the other thing. Gender is an assigned role that, that people you know agree upon. So it yeah. So, so why BB eight and R2 D2? Why do people call them like boy or he? The patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's you know male writer, you know, male dominated world. I think that's, that's just the default that they went to back then. Probably still people go to now. I think it's, it's going to take a conscious effort not to just default to he. Well, that's things. the thing. I mean, the, the movies, the movies default to he exactly. Like, yeah. like, like when, when R5 blows his motivator and R2 starts coming and they come over and 3PO says, here he comes, you know what I mean? As he doesn't say, here it comes, uh-huh. here he comes, you know? So it's it's they're referred to as he or him throughout the movies. So that's kind of where we take the cue yeah. from. You know? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if you're looking for like an in-world, you know, Star Wars universe answer, but I just keep going to well, the writer was George Lucas, and <laughs> you know, yeah, he the probably word. didn't think about that when he did it, and just went to the the kind of default thing that people would go to. Yeah. The word the word droid comes from android, and that's. That's a misog- that's a, a man robot basically. That's the literal Latin definition of it. And then and then there's a, I guess the female version like a it's called a, a gynoid, which is like a like a like a fembot. fembot. And uh, <laughs> sorry, but but yeah, so they it's inherently male and androids. The exception being Star Trek, Jeremy, the uh, the first Star Trek movie when when Viger comes back being a female mm. android. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think it's inter- I think it's an interesting sort of two-layered thing. One where it is kind of the default. So it's just kind of easiest to say like he rather than it. Another another layer to that though is sometimes the fact that a, a character will refer to a robot as he or she means that that character sees it more as a person. The movie is using that as a way. This actually happened in the dialogue in Iron Giant, very specifically, where somebody says like, get that thing out of here, get it out of here. And the main character who is friends with the robot says, not it, he. So like it's often used sometimes in a way to defend the robot or give it agency. But I also think it's just a funny thing. I I think it's kind of funny that something like R2-D2 that doesn't even have a face or a voice is still like, well, we want to make it a person, so we're going to call it he. <laughs> Interesting. So so Han Solo calls the Millennium Falcon a girl at times. You know, she's not mm. much to look at, but she, she's got it where it counts. But mm-hmm. the android could very much be, you know, the, the computer, you know, the nav computer could very that's, much be that's, masculine. That's pretty typical, though, of like a ship. Right. Yeah. Or a car, yeah. yeah. Yep, in, in the real world, we call that a she, you know? So I, I think that's probably where they were going with that. So they, they kind of follow mm-hmm. nor, nor, normalcy, you know, normal lines through that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely right. means something more to say he or she than it is to say it. Like, I think everything would have felt different if they said it. And it's mm-hmm. just more a failing of the human language that we don't have a gender-neutral uh, pronoun for, for some of these things that, without call- it sounding like it's an object. Just call, call them their name. Gynoid from now on. So <laughs> 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 
Uh, all very well said. So guys, I can't thank you enough for coming onto the show today and sitting through this whole movie with me and commenting on it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to hear from everybody. Was the, Would this movie give a plus one, zero, or minus one for the overall representation of robots in pop culture? So we'll go one by one. And John, let's start with you. Uh, plus one, I'd neutral, plus or minus one. one? Plus one. Plus one? Oh, just, yeah, BB-8 did pretty well. He's, you know, he's fun. <laughs> All right. Jason. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a plus one. The droids are fun and funny. The good job helping out. Cool. Joe. Yeah, I would say plus one. I enjoyed the guy nodes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the guy nodes? <laughs> 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 is, uh, well, welcome to Did robots I... versus dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's good we're ending soon because I can't breathe. <laughs> plus one, just move on. Plus one. Plus one. Plus one. <laughs> that sounds like a plus one, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, yeah, plus one for sure. I mean, these guys were key characters in the universe and uh, in pop culture. Yeah, totally plus one. Awesome. Thank you again, everybody. And does anybody have any, like, final thing that they want to say to wrap it up? <laughs> May the force be with you. There it is. And also with you. <laughs>